This is the chart that I want to refer to you for for just a moment here. And I want to uh, just uh, point out a few things to you here about it before I get into it. What I'm going to be talking to you here about mostly is the white throne judgment of God that's down here at the end. And this is a timeline. This is uh, the Old Testament before the cross here. And then this is Calvary. And then, then from Calvary here on over to this arrow, it represents the church age. It represents the church age. It's a period of about 2,000 years. We do know that it'll be that period of time. And we're living in 2023, if anybody needs to know. <laughs> and uh, that arrow there represents the coming of the Lord. And this represents us standing here just before the rapture takes place. Now, this is the tribulation period, as it's called, the book of Revelation, that follows that. It's called the tribulation period. And then after that, there is going to be, uh, there's going to be a thousand years. There'll be Armageddon. That's not shown here, but Armageddon takes place at the end of this. And then there's going to be a thousand years of peace on the earth. You've got 4,000 years of the Old Testament, 2,000 of the New Testament. That really goes over to here. And then there's a thousand years. We've got 7,000 years altogether that God's given man on this day. And then following this thousand years of peace, God is going to bring forth every living person that's ever lived on the face of the earth to be judged before the Lord, before the white throne of judgment of God, except the church. And the church will have already gone to heaven before that. And that's where you and I are, are here today now. I, I'm just pointing that out to you because I want to talk to you here about these few things. Now, what you're looking at here very quickly, and I'll make this very brief uh, comment here about it, is that you see uh, three different colors of people here. This is the holy, the righteous, and the wicked. And if you'll put this on the screen up here for us, this, is, this, will, this will not be in your notes either. On the screen here, it's uh, Revelations 22.11, I think it is. 22.11. Uh, put that on the Revelation 22:11. I think I'm right. I'm shooting from the hip here. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. This is wickedness. These are people who are wicked. Unjust or filthy. There's two different types of wickedness. A person can be filthy, but not be unjust. They can be a sort of a just person, but a person can be be a, a crook and a beat their mother out of the last dollar she'd got if they could, you know, just mean as a snake. But they can also be real clean and neat and, you know, one can be spitting tobacco juice and smoking cigarettes and taking drugs and the other one ever can't be trying to cheat everybody they have a chance to do so. One's unjust and the other is filthy. That's the wicked. And it's to let him be filthy still. And this means this is the end time. This is Revelation 20 to 11, the last chapter of the book of Revelation is a wrap-up. And it says, and he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. So notice there's a difference between the righteous and the holy here. There's a difference between the righteous and the holy. Now, if you'll also go to uh, Revelations chapter uh, 20 and verse 6. Revelations 20 and 6. And uh, let me read this verse of scripture to you. Blessed and holy. Look at this. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. Notice that. It doesn't say anything about the righteous here. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And that means that that will happen before the thousand years of peace here. So God is uh, letting us know here that you and I have a very special place with the Lord. So when you see this... You have the holy, the righteous, and the wicked. And whenever that we die, the Bible says that we go back to God who gave it. Now, if you look at, uh, at Ecclesiastes uh, 12.7, Ecclesiastes 12.7 with us. And let me just refer to this very quickly here. I'm going to move on here and get into our notes. Now, I'll give you a handout in a minute. Ecclesiastes 12.7, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So man's spirit's going to go back to God, and the dust returns back to the dust that we gave it. Now, we are body, soul, and spirit. We're body, body, soul, and spirit. 
And if you look in Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, I think I'm right, 523 of First Thessalonians. Praise the Lord. I, I make those people, I put them really through the There we go. And the very peace, God of peace, sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body. Notice that. This is all of us. Your soul, spirit, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are body, soul, and spirit. The body is what you see here. That's the, that's the part that everybody knows is up. But we also have a soul and a spirit. The, the soul is the person you are. That's your individuality. That makes you different than anybody, anything else is your soul. And then your spirit is your life to the soul and spirit. And the spirit is the life. So the life is always with the soul. And when you die, you're, it separates from your body and your body is buried. And then, of course, your soul and spirit goes back to God who gave it. And that's what this refer, reference here in Ecclesiastes 12, 12.7 uh, uh, that we're referring to, <clears throat> that our soul and spirit goes back up to God. So over in the book, I don't get into details here, but in 2 Corinthians, it talks about that there's a paradise that God would send us to. We go back to God who gave it. So here's the holy, righteous, and spirit. And here's our soul and spirit goes back to God. Our bodies are buried in the ground. And then in, up from here, the Lord puts the righteous here. Now, before Calvary, it was called Abraham's bosom. But after Calvary, it's called paradise. I won't get into detail on it. Just take my word for it. It's there. And then, of course, the wicked are put in hell. And we'll be talking to you a little bit about that in a few moments here. Because we're going to talk about how the Lord will bring it all right in. Now, stay with me on this. I'm going to pass out our handout. You want to pass out our handouts with us now? And uh, the first thing I'm going to do here is give you a quick review here about the rapture. That is the coming of the Lord. Praise the Lord. And uh, understanding the resurrection, wrap up. And uh, if you don't, uh, they don't give you one pretty quick, raise your hand. And, and I'll give you a few moments here to get this. And while you're getting that, I'll just uh, mention to you here that... The Lord wants us to understand here that he is going to rapture the church away. Now, what is not in your notes there, and I'm going to give it to you, praise the Lord, again here that you can uh, look at it on the screen. And that's John 14, 2 and 3. This is a beautiful verse. This is Jesus talking just before he ascended into heaven or not long before he was crucified, I should say. Jesus talking here. And this is uh, John 14, uh, verses uh, 2 and 3. Jesus speaking here while you're getting your notes in your hands here. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. Now he's telling his disciples that. Notice this. I go to prepare a place for you. Now look at the next verse. And if I go... And prepare a place for you. I will come again. Everybody said come again. Amen. Now Jesus said I will come again. If I go and prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am there ye may be also. Alright. These are all scriptures where Jesus said that if I go I'll come again. Now the next scripture I'm going to give you is found over in the book of Acts. And it is Acts chapter 1. And I want you to look at. Chapter verses three with me, Acts one three, and uh, this is where Jesus was with his disciples, and they had left Jerusalem and walked out across the Kidron Valley up on the Mount of Olives, which was on the east side of Jerusalem. And uh, this is one three, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. In other words, Jesus showed himself alive for 40 days, actually, on the earth after he was crucified and rose again, being seen of them 40 days, there it is, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Speaking of things, came, and he told them all about that. Now, look at the uh, next uh, scriptures there. This is uh, the third verse, third verse, a uh, fourth verse. 
and being assembled together with them, it commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Now, uh, I want you to look at verse 9. I'm going to read 9 and 12 here and get to the point here. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now notice this now. Jesus said, I go away, and if I go away, I'll come again and receive unto myself. And so Jesus said, I'm going to go. And then he was crucified, then he rose again, then he was seen on the earth 40 days. And then as they were all standing on the Mount of Olives, spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of sight. Verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. If you've got your Bible, right in there, uh, angels. Two angels were standing by them. They were looking up like this. And all of a sudden, they looked down because Jesus just disappeared. You ever watch one of these space lift rockets go? And you ever stand there and you're watching and you're watching until you don't see it no more? You ever, you ever do that? Any of you ever do that? Well, you can imagine they were watching Jesus go up and they couldn't see him. And then all of a sudden, they looked, they looked horizontal again. And there's two guys standing there in white apparel. Who said, while they looked at it, which also said, you men of Galilee, while standing you gazing into the heavens, the same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So Jesus said it. Now two angels have said it. If he goes away, he'll come again and receive you unto himself. Look at the next verse. And it says, then return they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet. Pointing at this out, this is where they were there on the Mount of Olives which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey, which is about one mile in our distance. Now, I'm telling you all of that so that you understand here that Jesus promised them that he was going to go away and that if he was going to go away, he was going to come back again and receive them unto himself. Praise the Lord. Now, it's a wonderful thing to have the hope and the promises that we have in the Lord and that God is going to be with us. And so remember this. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that... So, in order to be in the rapture and be ready to go when Jesus comes back, we have to have the Spirit of God in us. Be holy. We've got to be a holy people. The Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy. And so the Lord commands us that we might be a holy and righteous, God-fearing people. Praise the Lord. So he wants us to be a holy people. Now, I'm going to put this up here. Um, you may refer to the other the visual there in a few moments here. But I want to just talk to you here from my heart a little bit here. And I want you to look at these scriptures here. Look at number A here. You see where it says 1 Corinthians 4.13? Scratch through Corinthians and put Thessalonians. That's an error there. I apologize. That's an error. It should be 1 Thessalonians. And I want you to look with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 13. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to, to go into the scriptures here. And uh, hang on here. All right. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Look at this very closely. This is a beautiful passage of Scripture about the coming of the Lord. It says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Now, the asleep here are those who have died. And the Bible refers to them as being asleep in Jesus. They died and everything, their body's been buried. But they are asleep in Jesus as far as the body is concerned. Remember this now. The soul and the spirit is going back to God who gave it and it's in paradise. But the body is still in the ground or wherever it is. But I would not have you to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus... Sleep in Jesus means they've, re they've repented of their sins, been baptized in Jesus' name. 
and they've been filled with his spirit and they belong to him. He belongs to them and they belong to him. And one day, praise the Lord, they're going to see the Lord. They sleep in Jesus. It says, will God bring with him? Look at that. The Lord's going to bring them with him whenever he comes back and he's going to have the resurrection. Look at verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not, the word in the Bible, King James Version says prevent. That really means pre-event. It shall not happen before. And that's found several places in the Bible, and it was it was used as a pre, pre-event in the Old English, but they still use it. It says, we think of prevent as keeping from happening, but pre-event means it happened before. Until the coming of the Lord shall not pre-event them which are asleep. In other words, the Lord coming back, amen, is not going to keep them from rising from the dead. Look at verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Now here's the rapture, folks. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Notice that. Now what's dead is that has died. Not the soul and the spirit. It never died. But it's that that has died, the body. I'm talking to you about things that's beyond the ability of man to even grasp and comprehend. I'm talking to you about the resurrection. Let me say one thing here before I go any further here. This stuff they have on television, but the walking dead, that's of the devil. Don't ever look at that mess. Don't let your children look at it. Don't let your grandchildren look at it. It's satanic. That stuff is as satanic as it can be. Because the Lord does have a plan for the resurrection in which all that has ever lived on the face of the earth is going to rise, not in the same body that you died in, but a new body, the Bible says. In the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians, says we shall have a glorified body like, and I'll talk to you more about it, but we're going to have, and I'm talking to you right now about the rapture of the church, the rapture. And this is what's coming next, and this is what we are looking forward to. That's the next major event to happen is the Lord coming back for his church and they that have died in Christ, in Christ, and that includes the early church way back 2000 and everybody who has lived and died since that period of time. You see, with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. Two thousand years with the Lord doesn't mean anything because God is bigger than all time. He's bigger than time. Time is all calculated by man is put together on what God's already created about things that go around stars, the moon, sun, sun, the earth around and all those kind of things. That's how we measure time. But with God, there is no time. Praise the Lord. So a day with the Lord's a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. And so here the Lord is going to resurrect. And so I'm going to read here then, uh, Verse 17, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, with the, those that have risen from the dead, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, ever, ever, always from then on. So the Lord's coming back. You see him go away, so shall he come back in like manner. If I go, I go to prepare a place for you. He's got a place prepared for us, and I'm going to come back and receive you unto myself. And we'll rise and meet the Lord in the air. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then it says in verse 18, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, let me just take a moment here and uh, just give you some. Uh, this is what we're talking about here. This is, this is the holy. And when the rapture takes place, the holy here that the Lord has put in paradise shall be reunited with the body, only it'll be a glorified body. And don't ask me about how it's going to all happen. I don't know. I, I don't know the details. I know God has everything done in a very perfect, beautiful way. So don't ever worry about that and everything. And so then the dead in Christ shall rise. And so that this represents, so this represents the incorruptible. I'll, this is found in, uh, in 1 Corinthians. I'll show you that in mean, incorruptible. And this is the mortal and the immortal and the corruptible and incorruptible. 
And so the dead in Christ will rise up, and they'll go up here, and then we'll go to the holy city, and, and they will be up here. So this red here represents that. That still leaves the righteous and the wicked still in the graves, still there. They haven't been resurrected because the, we're talking about the holy. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. Praise the Lord. So I'm just pointing these things out to you here. Let me confirm this part about the rapture a little bit more. Uh, if you look in your notes there that I'm giving you here, you'll see where that it mentions also, we mentioned about First Thessalonians. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians, the entire 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians is a beautiful chapter about the resurrection of the Lord and our faith in him for all those things. This is 1549, 1 Corinthians 1549. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Everybody get that? And you, you, you know, we look like Adam and Eve on this earth, you know. But one day, praise the Lord, we're going to look like Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. If we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. And this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Corruption is, is the dead bodies. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, that is, die, but we shall all be changed. The dead and the alive in Christ shall be changed. Verse 52, in a moment, the twinkling of an eye, that's how fast it's going to be. In a moment, not even a blink, just a twinkle, just a, a, just a half a blink, a quarter of a blink. What's a, what's a twinkle? I don't know, but it's so quick. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Praise God. What a wonderful hope we have. But this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal, which is what we are now, must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, and that's where we're talking about here. This corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality. Right here. That's the alive. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? So I'm just giving you some scriptures here about how that the rapture is going to be something of this nature and everything. Uh, look in 1 John 3, 2 for a moment. I'll just give you a little bit more. That's in your scriptures. That's in your scripture uh, in your, on, your, on, your, on your chart. Let me put it over there where you can see it. Right here. Yeah, I'm messing up. Don't mess up, Myers. There's, there's what we're going by here. All right. Look at First uh, John 3, 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Notice that. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We'll be like him. Now, how is, how is the Lord? I don't know, but when he ascended into heaven... He had a glorified body, a resurrected body on earth. You could see him, touch him. He could go through walls and he could just appear. He could just be there and so forth. But you could look at him. He said, feel my hands, my nail, my side, so forth. And everything. He didn't, his, his beard was plucked out at Calvary, but he, he had a beard when he appeared unto the others. So that was all reestablished. I don't know what, he just left those scars just so he could say, this is me. This is me. For 40 days they saw him. But when he ascended into heaven, he had a, a glorified body. That's why when Paul was on the road to Damascus, Saul of Tarsus was on the road to Damascus. And he was going up there to persecute the Christians. The Lord appeared unto him. And the Bible says that Jesus' appearance unto, later became Paul, but he was Saul then, Saul of Tarsus. When he appeared unto Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus, he was brighter than the noonday sun. Do you know how bright that is? Brighter than the noonday sun. 
Have you ever looked at the noonday sun? Not, not unless it was a cloudy, real cloudy day or a lot of smoke or something was up there. You wouldn't be looking at it. It'd put, it, it, it You'd lose your eyesight. It's so bright. And it says in the Bible that his glory was brighter than noonday sun. And Paul was blinded. For three days he couldn't see. And he had to have his eyesight healed again. Praise the Lord by a prophet the Lord sent him to. And from there on he became Paul. The Paul that God used so mightily, the, gen, the apostles of the Gentiles. But I am just pointing out to you here that that glorified body he has, folks, that's what we're going to have. Praise the Lord. So what will we look like? Well, it's going to be something greater than the thing, anything we can imagine. Let me give you another verse of Scripture. Look in Philippians 3.20. That's another verse of Scripture that I've got there. Philippians 3.20. All right. This is what it says here. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the verse 21. Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Hallelujah. We're going to have a body like us in his body. According to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Now, I'm pointing out all of this to let you know that God has something very wonderful for we who will be in the rapture. So I'm referring you here then to these events here. This is all of this. This leaves then the righteous and the wicked who are yet to come before the Lord. Now, what I want to do here is to go to the... Uh, I'll talk to you about the wicked for just a moment. I'm not going to dwell on this for a long time, but I want you to look about the wicked here because I want to point out to you that hell is really a place and it's really a, a literal thing. So some people try to make hell, oh, it's not that, it's just this and that and, this and everything. And I don't know where it is or what it is or how it's going to be or any of that, but I just know what the Bible says. So I'm going to have you go with me to Mark 9:43. Mark 9, 43, and these are the right te the teachings of Jesus here. Now look at this very closely. Don't let me lose you here. Are you with me? Everybody with me still? Raise your hand. All right. Stay with me. Look at 43. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. And then he says, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And then in verse 45, he said, if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. Okay. And then he says the same thing about where the fire is not quenched, is never quenched. Verse 47 says, if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. It's better that you do that than to go into hell. And each time for three places here, he talks about hell being so very terrible. Well, the worm died on the fire is not quenched. Let me say one thing here before I go any further. Jesus was not telling them to cut your hand off or your foot off or pluck your eye out if your eye offend you. First of all, your eye is not going to offend you. Your hand doesn't offend you. All sins come from the heart. The Bible says that. That's why the Bible talks about it. He says not that, not that that goeth into the man that offends the man. It's that that cometh out of the man. For out of the heart cometh all of these things. All the wickedness and evil of man comes out of his own heart, comes out of his own thoughts, imagination, and so forth. So you, you don't do that. The Lord in one place says, do thyself no harm. You know that too. So what did he mean when he said this? He was trying to say hell is so terrible. Hell is a terrible place. So whatever you have to do, don't go to hell. Stay out of hell. Be a good person. Walk with God. Draw nigh unto him. Amen. That's what he was trying. Jesus was trying to, to implant that in the heart of these people that they would be understanding that you don't want to go to a place like that. Now, I'm going to give you another scripture that Jesus said. This is found over in, uh, in Luke and in 1619. Look at this very closely. The, and Jesus says these words very emphatically. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar 
named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. Somebody said, this is a parable. It's not a parable. Jesus never said it was a parable. He just said there was. And, and, he, and he tells the story here. Verse 21, and desiring to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, beggar died. Before Cal- was buried. Look at verse 23. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. I'm pointing out to you here, this is another description of hell here. And of course, the Lord goes on to say that Abraham said, you know, I can't do that beside between us and you. There's a great gulf fix and you can't come to me and I can't go to you. And I won't get into all the details on that. Only to point out that Jesus in both of these stories. Now, somebody has said to me, Brother Myers, do you really believe there's a literal hell of fire? Let me just say this, folks. If it's not what we think of as fire, it's worse. Because that's what was used to describe it to us. And that's the same thing I say about heaven. Is heaven really streets of gold and gates of pearl? Is it really that beautiful? Is it really that great? If it's not, it's something better. Because the Bible has used that to describe how great that is. Praise the Lord. So my basic admonishing to this congregation here today is, folks, live for God. Serve God. Walk with God with all of your heart. Don't play around with stuff. Don't play around with sin. Don't play around with temptations. Don't play around with garbage stuff. Don't play in and out with the world. Say, God, I'm, gonna, I'm your child. I'm going to walk with you because God has something so far greater for us that we can ever imagine. Praise the Lord. One of these days I'm going to teach on the subject on we shall walk with him in white. Boy, I just love that verse of scriptures found in the third chapter of the book of Revelation. We shall walk with him in white. And I want to talk to you about the color white. There's no color really, but, but, and I'm just, I feel, but God has some things prepared for his people, folks. It's worth living for God for. It's worth trying to convince your neighbor that he should go to heaven. It's worth bringing somebody to church. It's worth inviting somebody to the house of God. Praise the Lord. We had a guy that visited this church not long ago. Praise the Lord. He visited this guy, like tall. Uh, he was a Jamaican fellow, tall, handsome fellow. And he said, Brother Myers, do you remember me? And I said, uh, no, I'm sorry I don't. I'm Ian. Ian? You mean little Ian like this? Yes, I'm Ian. Remember, you came to our door, knocked on the door, and my mother came to the door, and she had been praying, Lord, send somebody our way to tell us what we need to do and how we need to get saved. And I was out canvassing, just knocking on doors, inviting people to church and Sunday school, and I knocked on her door. And I said, uh, we're going to invite you to the house of God. And she said, okay, we'll be there. And she came, got saved. Her little boy came with her. They lived from around Washington, D.C. there. And, and got in and stayed in the church and lived for God. And her son grew up in the church and he came back just to visit and said, I just want you to know we're still going on for God. Now, folks, they're out there. They're out there for us. It's so great. And, and what's on the other side of it is so terrible that we don't want any part of that. But God has something very great for us. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, let me move on here. I've got some... Uh, I've got some other things here I want to get into and talk to you about. Uh, I want you to look at number three here with us. The white throne judgment. The white throne judgment. And this is where we're going, him. And this is the rest of the dead. Now, remember, at this point, the rapture has taken place. I'm going to put us, going to put us over here. The rapture will take place. There will be a tribulation on this earth. And then there's going to be an Armageddon. The Bible says we'll come back with the Lord at Armageddon. But we will be a glorious church. We'll be, he'll come with 10,000s of his saints. And so we'll rapture here. He comes back. We come back with the Lord at Armageddon. But we don't come back and live on the earth. We come back, praise the Lord, and reign over the earth. We reign over everything with the Lord. Don't worry about 
what it's going to be. Whatever it is, God has something very special. I go to prepare a place for you. Praise the Lord. In my father's house are many mansions. Wow. Can you imagine that? I mean, I've seen mansions in this, in this world. In this world, they're big. Now, when the Lord says a mansion, I, that's got to be something. In my father's house are many mansions. Praise the Lord. And, he, and so God has something very special for us. That's where we will be, praise the Lord. And when the thousand years of peace are over with, and man's day of 7,000 years has finally come to its end, praise the Lord, the thousand years of peace. And this is a remarkable study within itself that's going to happen. The Lord is going to finalize it all, and he's going to end it all, and he's going to set up a white throne judgment. And with that, he is going to judge everybody who has ever lived from the beginning of time to the end. And they're either going to be righteous or they're going to be wicked. There are no in-between, righteous or wicked. And uh, what about the holy, Brother Myers, that we're, we're already with the Lord? That's why you want to walk with God and be among the holy. The righteous will come here. That's why people sometimes say to me, what about my great-grandmother? What about my, my grandpa? He was a good guy. He, didn't, he wasn't baptized in Jesus' name. And I always say, leave it in the hands of God. Just leave it there with him. God will take care of it all. God will do everything right. He's just God. Praise the Lord. So one day he's going to, and I know that everybody in the world hasn't had a chance to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And God's not going to send them all to hell because they didn't come around. I understand even to this day that in this country of India, that half the people there has never even heard the word Jesus. They've never even heard the name Jesus. Half the people of that country don't even know what the word Jesus is. I mean, that's that, let alone know who he is, let alone be taught how they can be saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm pointing out here that there's going to be a white throne judgment in which the Lord shall judge everybody who's ever lived on the face of the earth. They will come before him. Now, I'm going to give you some scripture here, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this. I want you to go with me to Revelations 20 and 5. 20 and 5. Praise God. 20 and 5. And uh, But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. Everybody see that? But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. And then I'm jumping over here to verse 11. And I saw a great white throne. <coughs> saving The earth and heaven fled away. There was, a, a, there was no place. Uh, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead. Look at this now closely. I saw the dead. We're talking about the great white throne here now. I'm going to put this pen right here. Stay there. I don't want to hit a button. <laughs> I'm happy to have a habit of that. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened. The books were opened. That's the Bible. The Bible is made up of 66 books. Did you know that? 66 books in here. They call them books. They're epistles and everything from Genesis to Revelation. So it says here that the books were opened. Let me find my spot here. And I saw the dead, smaller, great stand before God. The books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. Now they got to have their name in that book. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. This Bible here. The judge were judged were, were judged out of that book, book. according to their works. Not saved by faith here. We're not saved by grace and that through faith, but according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Look at that, death and hell. So this hell over here that's been a place that's like a jailhouse, for the wicked, that they'll stay until the end time, then the hell is cast into the lake of fire here, the very end. 
Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Who was not found in the book of life. Praise the Lord. So I'm pointing out to you here that the Lord here is letting us know that there is a place here where that the, the wicked and the righteous are going to be judged and they are going to be separated here at this point. Now I'm going to go back here to our, our notes so that you can follow me along here. So uh, the white throne judgment. Look at Revelations 20, 11, 15. I think I read that one, didn't I? Yeah, 11, 15. Look in Psalms 9, 7. There's so many places it talks about this. Look in Psalms 9, 7. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. Verse 8. He shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. Look at verse 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. So I'm pointing out to you here, not only is this found over here in the book of Revelation, but it's also found over here in the book of Psalms. It's found all over the place here. Look in Ecclesiastes 3. Ecclesiastes 3, 6. Praise the Lord. 3.13, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. This is, this is the last two verses in the book of Ecclesiastes. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now, while all of these scriptures here, even in the Old Testament now, is telling us that there's going to be a great white throne judgment. There's going to be a time that God will judge the world. And then he's going to bring all these things to pass. Praise the Lord. So it's found, it's found also in the book of Ecclesiastes. Look in... Uh, well... Look in Acts 24. Look at Ecclesiastes 3. I missed that one. Ecclesiastes 3. I'm sorry. I'm going back in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 16. Look at this. And moreover, I saw under the sun a place of judgment, that wickedness was there, the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. And I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. So here again, twice in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon writing says there's going to be a time when God is going to judge all the world and judge everything. Praise the Lord. And I'm trying to follow our notes real close. The scriptures all sort of run real close together here. Uh, I want you to look with me also in the book of Acts chapter 24. Acts 24. We're right on schedule, folks. Praise God. Well, 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 here we go. Acts 24, 15. Look at this. And have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. This is Paul talking. Be a resurrection of the just and the unjust. He's talking about this white throne judgment. I'm going to get to, get to some real heavy-duty scriptures here in a moment. So look at John 5.28. This is where it really begins to show up for us so that you understand this. Look at John 5.28. Everybody still with me? We're talking about the white throne judgment of God. Now, at the end time here, we're talking about the Lord judging the wicked and the righteous, the white throne judgment, and all through the Old Testament. And there's other scriptures, too, that I had even referred to that talks about there's going to be a time when God shall judge the world. This is John uh, chapter uh, 5 and verse 28. 
Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. You hear that? All. And the Lord's talking about the resurrection here. All that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. This is not the church. The rapture has already happened. It's already taken place. Blessed and holy is they that have part in the first resurrection. Okay. And so the Bible then went on to say that the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years of peace. That's in verse 20 and 5. I never gave you that verse of scripture. But anyhow, we are the ones that's going in the rapture. And this is talking about the end time here. And it has to do with this, uh, this uh, judgment time here in which God is judging the, the righteous from the wicked. And he's going to put the wicked in hell and the righteous is going to the new earth. And I'll give you a scripture on that in just a moment here. And I'm watching that clock real close. I promise you, I won't take you over. Look in uh, Matthew 25, 31. Matthew 25, 31. Praise God. I just thank God for his wonderful truth, folks. Look at 30, the 31st verse. When the Son of Man, this is Jesus teaching again, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he set, sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as, shep, as a shepherd divided sheep from the goats. He shall set the sheep on his right hand, the goats on his left hand. Then shall the king say unto all them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. All right. And then he goes on to talk about how they'll say, that he, when did you do that? We didn't know when you did And he said, when I was hungry, you fed me. When you did good things to good people, to other people, you were doing it unto me. That's what he went on to say. Then shall the righteous answer him. Then verse 41, then he shall say unto them on his left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. That's where the wicked will go, the devil and his angels. And then he talks about them, that they will be cast away. And then finally, verse 46, and these shall go away in, into everlasting punishment. That's the wicked. But the righteous into life eternal. And so they're going to be put on the new earth, the Bible talks about. On the earth shall be dwell righteousness. So man is going to be divided here. And the Bible talks about how that God is going to put, put man in. There should be a new heaven. Number four here. Let me get back over to this. I'm going to put this on one side like this. Over here, the final destiny of man, the holy uh, Revelations 21.2. I'm going to wrap this up, folks. Revelations 21.2. Praise the Lord. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of God, out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. Praise the Lord. Uh, 21.1, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the first heaven and the first earth, earth were passed away, and there was no more, no more, uh, can't read it, no more sea. Praise the Lord. So I'm pointing out to you here that the Lord, amen, is going to give a holy city. Look at verse 10 of that same 21, 21st chapter. He carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, showed me that great city, the holy city, descending out of heaven from God. This is for the holy that God has done. But for the others, praise the Lord, he has prepared uh, the new earth and he has prepared hell for the wicked. While you're talking about... Uh, the uh, new heaven and the new earth. Look at, I'm going to read 21. One again, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 10, the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's the devil. So the devil's going to be cast into the lake of fire. So I'm going to just pointing out these two here. Now, if you look here, and our time is just about going on us here. But on the new earth, it gives us all kinds of scriptures here uh, concerning the new earth and how God has promised that he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. 
if you'll look with me in first and second Peter, second Peter three thirteen, I'm gonna sort of wind this off now. Second Peter three thirteen. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Everybody say in righteousness. A new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Praise the Lord. This is Peter talking that there's going to be a new earth, but in it will be a, be righteousness. So God is going to establish people who have been lived the best they could live, the best they knew how to live. They just, God is a judge, praise the Lord, and he's going to judge them, amen, and he's going to try to bring them in. And so 22, Revelation 22, 5, I'm, going to, I'm wrapping this all up here now. Uh, yeah, if I can, well, praise God. Yeah, everything is okay. We've got it all. So what I want to just tell you here tonight, folks, you and I have the greatest thing on the face of the earth. So while at the end of the age... God is going to judge the righteous from the wicked. Now, the Bible says, oh, well, if I don't make the rapture, I'll just be a good person and go. The Bible says, open Jeremiah. You can't contend with the footman. How can you horses or the apocalypse? The white horse, the red horse, the black horse, the pale horse, all that kind of stuff, which, which are the judgments of God coming on the earth. If you can't live for God now when everything is in your favor, you won't live for God through the tribulation period. You're not going to do it. That's why the whole world is going to go to the Antichrist. So I'm just saying here to all of us here today, folks, live for God with all of your heart. Praise God. If there's anybody on the side of my voice, if you don't know the Lord, find God. Get to, get to the Lord. Get to a Pentecostal church. Come to this church. And God will give you his wonderful presence and spirit and give you happiness and joy and peace inside. And one of these days, we'll hear the trumpet. We may be dead and gone first, but we'll still hear the trumpet. Or we may be alive. The Lord's coming in in time now. You know, it's, we're due for him to come back. This is 2023 that we're living in. So it's been 2,000 years since Christ and, and so forth. But I'm just pointing out to you here that all these things are to let us know that the Lord, praise the Lord, it's time for him to come back. Keep on living for God. Keep on serving God. Keep on walking with God. And always remember this, that God will take care of anybody else that's trying to do the best they can do. Amen. Just say, God bless you. But don't try to say, if you can't cross Jordan when it is eventide, how can you cross it when it's swollen? If you can't live for God when you've got a church, when you've got a pastor here, when you've got people that love you right here, you can't live for God now when everything is all in your favor. And you want to play around out here and everything. You're not going to live for God when that terrible time comes on the earth called the tribulation period that the Bible talks about in the book of Revelation, chapter 6, 7, 8, and all all through there. So walk with God, folks, and one of these days we'll hear the trumpet. It won't be long. Praise the Lord. The Lord's coming back for his people. Praise the Lord. In the meantime, do everything you can to help everybody you can to find God and serve him. Would you stand with me and let's just lift our hands and praise him. Would you do that with me right now? Let's just worship God together. God bless you. You've been a good audience, good good group tonight. Jesus, we love you, Lord. Thank you so much for your blessings, your spirit, your grace. Thank you for your mercy, your kindness. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you for bringing us out of the miry clay. Thank you, Lord, for your people that walk with you day by day. We give you the praise and glory for all things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.